I think it's uh, most people are actually much less loyal than we think they are. DigitalMarketingRadio.com, the big interview with David Bain. How can having customer insight improve your competitive advantage? What are some of the most effective ways to gather customer insight? And how do you pinpoint the most valuable data for your business? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Susan Abbott. Susan, welcome to DMR. Hi, David. Thank you for having me. Well, yeah, welcome. Susan is a specialist in customer insight and creative problem solving. You can find her over at abbottresearch.com. So, Susan, where are you based in the world? Well, I'm based in Toronto, Canada, uh, and most of my work is in North America, although I have colleagues that I partner with throughout uh, Europe um, and in the Indian subcontinent and even South Africa. Ah, right. Okay. Um, so um, I, I, I still, um, I'm not very good at differentiating um, the USA and Canada accents, I'm afraid. I've been to Canada a little bit, but um, it's a tough one for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's fine. But, but no, I, I, I haven't been to Toronto, but um, I'd like to get there at some time. But um, obviously, um, one of your areas of expertise in, is in customer insight. So um, what would you say um, is um, one of the best ways to improve your competitive advantage using customer insight? The, the challenge for all of us as marketers is that people are incredibly busy they have masses of information coming at them every day from all of your competitors and from all sorts of other people, some offers that are relevant, some irrelevant. There's a tremendous amount of choice. Most people are overwhelmed by choice. So obviously I'm biased, but I think you can always benefit by having better understanding of your customers, why, how they found you, what they were trying to achieve when they found you, uh, what problems they have. I, I think the the main thing really is uh, to not get so narrowly focused on our solution that we forget to really look at the whole customer. And uh, because that's usually where the magic is. You Once you really start to learn those things, you can see where you can do a better job. Okay. And... Um... Is it possible to generalize and actually say, um, yes, these are the areas about your target customer that you should be getting to know better? Uh, well, that's a pretty broad question. I, I think if you're in business to consumer or business to business, uh, those are different questions. But let's, let's focus in on the digital marketing aspect. Um, and of course, everyone expects to be able to find you online. Uh, that's hugely important. Many businesses of, of size, even well-resourced ones, are struggling with omni-channel. So I, I look online, I already am subscribed to your Twitter account, I go into your store, but then I go back online. I might look at your product on Amazon as well as your own website and maybe other places. So, you know, those are uh, figuring out how people are finding you and how they want to interact with you is pretty important. Do they want email from you? Would they rather chat? Um, I'm starting to wonder 
if anyone wants telemarketing phone calls, actually. I'm mm. not sure that there's a great future for that. People like to be able to call you, though, right? People want to be able to call your 800 number. They don't necessarily want you calling them. So all of that stuff is in flux. Am I answering your question? Yes, no, no, absolutely. You know, I was, I, apologies if it was too broad, but um, I, 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 I like being a little bit broad and, and giving opportunity to take things in different places as well. Um, so, I mean, you mentioned offline as well as online there, and um, it's it's a conundrum for a lot of businesses now because um, um, obviously a lot of businesses um, were perhaps traditionally offline based and having customers um, phone in traditionally or, or do that telemarketing traditionally, as, as, as you as you said. Um, what about the, um, the, the the insight of finding out, uh, finding out more about your customers or potential customers? Um, do you think that can be done um, all online, or do you think that um, there always will be um, a necessity to actually have direct communication over the phone with customers and and questionnaires mm. over, over the phone to actually determine um, you know who your ideal customer is? Well, that's a that's a great question and. The, if you think about marketing research, uh, although I've, I know lots about surveys, that's not what I primarily do. I'm more interested in uh, qualitative, which is individual interviews or small groups or unstructured questions. Let's put it that way, mm. unstructured. And all of that from surveys to all the unstructured stuff is now available online. So I can do uh, a lot of of my work online. So there's a few reasons why you might want to do that. Uh, you, you can run a focus group online. You can do it in chat. You could do it with video. Um, it's very convenient for people to, to communicate with you using online technologies. They don't have to come to a focus group facility. You're not going to show up on their doorstep and ask to interview them. They can do it at their convenience. They never lose control. And as a researcher, I can gain a great many things. Let me give you an example. I did a, I did the Canadian portion of a global project related to dogs and their owners. So we did this in nine countries. And dog owners did a diary for us using video cameras. <laughs> so every day they would take videos of their dogs at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, you know, dog time in the evenings, going for walks, meal times. And they would talk on the videos, and all this was happening online. And so we could ask them questions too, and say, "Oh, I noticed, you know, you were putting boots on your dog, uh, or you had a raincoat for your dog. Tell me more about that." And then we took that same group of people that did an individual uh, video and photo diary for us, and we put them into an online community discussion so they could talk to other owners. And then we talked more broadly about things like food, toys, training, things like that. All of that's online, which means it's so uh, it's so much easier for people to do. How would you bring me dog videos of you and your pet interacting? Mm. You know, that's but that's really easy to do now with people's mobile phones there are a lot of purpose-built applications for this. Uh, so, you know, there's there's many ways that um, your listeners can be using digital communication to get a better understanding of people. And some of them are some of them are real simple. You know, you get comments on your website, you get feedback 
um, unstructured feedback, I think, is the most valuable. When we ask people a question, we kind of determine what sort of answer we're going to get. But when we just say, hey, how are we doing? Tell me, tell me what your experience was like. They talk about the things that are most salient to them. And that's important. I think uh, anybody who's got a Twitter handle is probably getting customer feedback through that source. And that's also very valuable. And and you have to respond to it operationally, of course. Mm. But it's a valuable feedback. What are people choosing to ask you about? Where are they having problems? You know, for most businesses, uh, just if, if the first thing you do is try to figure out how to help your customers avoid the problems they're having. Can they not get the package opening? Are, are they having difficulties with your shopping cart? Um, you know, product setup, uh, whatever those things are. Uh, return options. It, just resolving those things is usually a great place to start. And most businesses actually have a lot of data already about what's not working. So um, you mentioned um, video examples there as well and a, a lot of online surveys and um, trying to be open as well with uh, your questioning. But um, when comparing that with actually interacting with potential customers on a face-to-face basis, um, do you think people are likely to act differently in, f- in front of a video camera on their computer um, than they are in terms of actually you meeting them face-to-face? Um, when you meet them face-to-face, are you perhaps more likely to glean certain subtleties about their answer that you may not necessarily get online or, or via video? Yeah, that's possible. Uh, I think there are times, though, that it's superior to use online methods. Uh, if we were talking about a discussion forum or a, a threaded discussion, which is largely text, people can, people will usually give you a lot of detail there, more so than they would in a one-on-one conversation often. Um, they can think about the question. It's very convenient. Uh, it's These methodologies work really well for business people, for example, because they don't have to leave their office and come somewhere. Uh, and so that can affect their willingness to participate. I mean, I love interacting with people one-on-one, but I'd have to say most people now are pretty comfortable with new technologies. So... Uh, I think a lot of it is the skill of the interviewer too, mm. David. You know, someone who's not doing this kind of work professionally is going to get different results. But I think there are a lot of options. So you also mentioned open-ended questions there. Now, um, that may be a great way of actually pulling out um, different um unexpected responses from people. Um, But um, how do you go about collating that data if you're asking quite a few people open-ended questions? Because obviously the responses could go many different ways. So it might be um, quite hard to pull that data together and perhaps present it to someone effectively high up in a business. Well, that's very true. As a professional researcher, that's one of the big challenges I have. Uh, To give you an example, I recently interviewed more than 40 executives for an hour. That's a lot of data. Mm. Uh, But so if you're not in a position to hire a pro to do that for you, uh, here's the kinds of things you should be looking for. 
you should be looking for common themes. Uh, you know, what are the things that people are excited about? What's not working for them? You should be looking for emotion. Emotion drives most human decision-making, no matter what the category is. Uh, even on business to business, um, a big thing that executives are trying to avoid is they're afraid of things that don't work. They want reliability. Those are emotions. Uh, consumer decision-making is highly emotion-driven. So what are the motivations? You know, we tend to think, oh, uh, it's a rational thing, you know, even something like insurance. But in fact, if you look at the, the world's best advertising in any category, any category, it's always emotion-driven. And the emotions that they're talking about are gleaned from customer insight. So, you know, I think those two things, look for themes, uh, look for problems people are having that you can address, look for unmet needs. What are the problems that they are having that you might be able to help them with, but you aren't currently helping them with? And look for what emotions are, are driving their decision making. And those are the kinds of things that I look for when I'm analyzing the results of open-ended inquiry. That's, that's some really good tips there. So, so look for a common thread, look for uh, emotions tied with, within that. And then obviously um, you can apply those to your business by um, looking for needs that aren't being met necessarily, obviously, on your website. And it gives you an opportunity to um, better define, I suppose, your product and service offering from there. Mm-hmm. And the way to communicate these things, you, you raised a good point. Uh, if you're trying to communicate th the results of an inquiry of that type, tell the stories. That's what works for everyone is a story. You know, uh, if you think about some of the most memorable things out of business books, you know, if you look at the book on your shelf and say, well, what do I remember about that book? Usually you remember the anecdote that illustrates the theme. Those are always more memorable and more compelling for everyone. Um, even when I'm making presentations to you know, major companies, uh, people love verbatim quotes. They love when I tell the, the story that illustrates the idea. So uh, focus on the stories that people are telling you and you'll find the human truth. Okay, yeah, very interesting. And um, I'm just imagining looking through your Google Analytics and you actually see um, that your average consumer is um, perhaps um, a, a certain average age. You know, there's, there's, no, uh, uh, there's no point in just, just um, picking one, but, but a, a certain age and maybe a certain percentage, uh, a certain skew, uh, male over female. Um, so you, you, you've pinpointed who um, your customer or your website visitor is more likely to be. Is that the type of person that you should also be targeting um, exclu exclusively um, to do customer insight with? Or should you be a little bit more open-minded and um, um, look to do focus groups with um, lots of different types of people? That's a great question and one we often ask in a project. If you're looking to understand your current customers, then Google Analytics is a great place to say, you know, who, who are they? What, uh, what age? What gender? Uh, what else do we know about them? Uh, and to, to find people like that. The 
exception to that would be if you're trying to expand your business into a new area or or grow into a market that you're not currently in then you you may need to talk to people from that market oftentimes uh, in a project I'm doing we will choose to speak to people who are loyal to a competitor because you can learn a great deal about your uh, marketplace by talking to uh, competitor customers you can also uh, you know you might depending on how you're defining the challenge you're trying to solve you could choose to interact with people who ordered once and never again or used to be loyal and are no longer loyal or you know sometimes those kinds of things can help you a lot contrasting different segments can also be really useful so we've got people who are loyal committed users of our product and we've got people who are kind of not so committed or we know that they actually prefer the competitor and only buy us occasionally uh, and then there's people who don't buy us at all you know those those three are all going to give you a different take on your marketplace but you definitely are right you want to think carefully about who you're talking to Right, okay. And, and I'm, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, of course, even though your analytics says that um, your average web website visitor is, say, 30-year-old male, um, that might not be the type of person that happens to convert and bring in the money. So perhaps you've got a lower percentage of people that um, visit from another segment, but um, are more likely to be long-term, higher-value customers. So, Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Quite right, quite right. Um, you, you definitely want to understand that. I think it's uh, most people are actually much less loyal than we think they are. They uh, move their buying behaviors around quite a bit, depending on your category. Uh, you know, they buy things that are on sale. They uh, they didn't happen to be shopping this week. Somebody else was shopping for it, so they bought something else. You know, we're we're less loyal generally than most of us think we are but it's still a good idea to look at where the money's coming from not just who is stopping by your website i think that's very very important mm. and probably more difficult information to get really um i wouldn't be an expert in that but where you've got that information you definitely want to use it it's intriguing it's such a developing area and um obviously digital is evolving so quickly but um it's not just about digital it's about marrying traditional marketing and research skills with digital as well and a little bit of just common sense to actually um, choose what the best way forward is for your particular business and um, th there's no blueprint but um, it's it's an intriguing area that um, I could certainly um, I'm sure you could certainly talk about um, for a long time uh, yet <laughs> yes my my final tip I guess would be on this um, is it's it's always useful to look at what the best marketers in the world are doing. Uh, for example, I, I know a, a small hair salon, the owner has developed his own line of products. And so he's always asking me for marketing tips. And I tell him, look at what L'Oreal is doing. Hmm. You know, they're, look at what Procter & Gamble does with their marketing. If they're not doing something, they're not doing it because they know it doesn't work because those companies are really good marketers. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it always pays to look at what other people are doing as well. And if they're avoiding a market for some reason, they probably have a reason for that. Mm. So you can infer a lot just by looking at other websites, other successful people. 
Absolutely. And um, a, a lot of the principles that work effectively, um, work effectively for years. It's not just a fad. Um, I, I remember listening years ago to Jay Abraham, a famous marketing consultant, and um, he was saying that the, the two most important um, facets in business is to focus on marketing and innovation. And um, I, I think that's true for most businesses at the moment, because um, if, if you do that, um, then hopefully the customers will be happy with what you do and to a certain degree operations will take care of itself. Yes, I agree. I agree. Marketing and innovation is where it's at. Lack of innovation is a major issue for uh, that's, you know, that's often why businesses start to slide is that they haven't really done anything new in a while. Absolutely. Well, let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses more on your thoughts on where digital marketing's been and where it's heading. So starting off with software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? Well, I I guess from a productivity standpoint, I can't live without Dropbox. I absolutely love it. Mm. Um, because if, you know, you're moving around or traveling at all, uh, which I do quite a bit, you you always, you know, I used to have to take all these backups on thumb drives and things like that. And uh, uh, I don't worry about that anymore. I've, I've got that. It's very easy to collaborate and share large files with other people using Dropbox or, or similar services. Uh, so I love it. Um, for email marketing, I love MailChimp. I switched it from Constant Contact a few years ago. And it's so easy to use. It's very intuitive. Their help is easy. Uh, it's affordable. It's good looking. It's fun to uh, use almost, isn't it? It's fun to use. I love the product. I love it. <laughs> uh, so I would I would not uh, want to switch from them, really. Um, uh, I have a few online properties. One is my blog, which I've had for years, is on TypePad. And everything else is now on WordPress. And I so wish TypePad had kept up with all the innovations that have come about with WordPress because they're so dead easy to use, but you just can't do as much with it as you can with the other tools now. So um, although I just on the WordPress sites, even though I have access to the, you know, the back office, if you will, so I can modify the content. I always kind of feel like I'm worried about breaking something, if you know what I mm. mean, because they were built by internet specialists. But um, uh, anyway. So I, think, I think even if you update your WordPress plugins or something like that, most people are a little bit concerned that something may just happen to their site. But um, of course, that's what backups are for. And hopefully um, um, most sites or most serious business sites should be taking backups if they run themselves um, on WordPress. That's such a good idea. <laughs> yeah, now I'm, I'm thinking, okay, now I must look into that. The, 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 there, there are some good hosts that automatically do that, and there are also some plugins that automatically back up to Amazon S3, which is another um, fairly cheap server as well. So it it, it is possible to set up, set up, and if you've got a lot of content on there, just in case, it's, it's, it's a good idea to do. Yes. Um, another digital tool that I absolutely can't live without anymore is LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. Uh, I use it for a variety of reasons. Um, from time to time, I need to find, you know, the quintessential needle in a haystack person. 
uh, you know, an expert on some area for a project I'm doing. Mm. And, you know, it's, it's, I, I have no idea how I would have done these things in the past before LinkedIn, you know, probably had to go to directories at a public library or something. Uh, so you can find basically, you know, anyone there. Uh, it's also sort of, I mean, it's useful for individual lead development too. Um, but I think the other thing that it's becoming really interesting for is content. Uh, so any business uh, should have, you know, their business listed on LinkedIn. That's free and it's not difficult to do. And now you can publish content. And I'm starting to think that if your target is business people or, or specialists in some area, um, you know, they might even be entertainers or something like other people who are on LinkedIn, not sort of, I don't think it works for consumer products, but I think the content uh, for people who are marketing themselves as experts is, is really interesting. Facebook for me is, is not um, an avenue, but of course it's a fantastic consumer content source. So, uh, you know, it's not one I use right now, but I probably will in the future when I, if I'm, you know, as I growing some other things, um, other software I just love is, uh, another one is Snagit from TechSmith. Mm. You can, you can do just that. You can snag anything off the web and do simple, easy editing. And I think, uh, having images on any kind of online content is hugely important. And, you know, we're all doing PowerPoint presentations, so you you know you know you need to capture things all the time. Snag it just makes that really simple. I know there are free tools for this, but I've I've upgraded to every version several times. It's well worth the modest amount of money. Well, that's a lot a lot of great tools there, and um, I'll certainly uh, link to them all from um, from the show notes. But um, slightly more challenging question: What software don't you use, but you've heard good things about, and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Yeah, HubSpot is one that I've looked at a lot, uh, and I I do think I will eventually try HubSpot. I, I'm doing some stuff with Mailchimp and Woohoo Forms that I'm basically trying to do an inexpensive version of what HubSpot offers. The people who are on it tell me that it gives you really unmatched control over what's happening on your pages, uh, the ability to do really great landing pages and sort of auto-response sequences and stuff. So you can do those things in other tools, but I think they, they make it simple. Um, it's interesting. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say a lot of people mention Hub, HubSpot certainly, and um, you know I, I'm a big WordPress fan as well, and um, you know I've used Mailchimp, I've used Aweber and other um, email forms, and I, I recognise that um, it's important to know your customer as much as possible, and um, and hopefully recognise every touch along the path um, between them initially finding out about you and them making some sort of pur- purchase decision. And it's very mm-hmm. it's very difficult to do that, you know, using a Mailchimp or a, an Aweber or something like that. Um, one service um, I'm, you may not have heard of that um, I, I I've found out about reasonably recently, and um, I'm intending to try at some point myself is InboundNow.com, and that's uh, and that's inbound marketing for WordPress. 
So it's a suite of different plugins that you can use um, to assist with that process of, um, of, of, of building that relationship and getting to know leads more um, in that path. Um, so, so that looks intriguing to me and I, I perhaps might try that one myself. Yes. I, I mean, I think you can do all of these things by pulling together suites of different tools. It's just, you know, depending on how much time you've got, um, you know, those are all a challenge. Um, something else I've looked at a few times, have never purchased, is Camtasia. Right. And uh, a number of professional speakers uh, who put online videos and things are using Camtasia. What What do you use for that, David? I actually use a service called Screencast-O-Matic. Okay. Um, which is... Um, you, which is obviously, um, as it says in the tin, it's a, a screencasting piece of software. So it, it produces good quality screencasts. I've used that for quite a few courses that I've done in the past. Um, but but I also use um, a fairly decent um, webcam as well. So I use um, uh, an HD Logitech webcam as well. So if, if, if I was making videos, I would have a combination probably between um, the, uh, the the webcam and, and the screencast recording recording um I, i've got a reasonably decent home studio as well i've got some 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 lighting here and a, a decent microphone as well so i i think that it's it's not just about the video obviously to to produce a good video it's about um good audio audio quality and 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 good lighting as well and um and, and video is important but it's not necessarily the, the most important aspect of good video that, that that sounds strange but um that's my opinion well I- I agree. I, you know, we're probably more willing to put up with a fuzzy look than we are a fuzzy audio, mm. for example. Yeah. If you can't hear it, really, the videos, you know, if I, I think if I'm on YouTube looking and I can't really hear it properly, you, you, you click away and you go to something else. Um, Shopify is something that I have been looking into, which yeah. is, um, you know, there's, there's, there's other, uh, store as Volusion as a competitor of theirs, but I've been sort of looking into something where you can have a really easy online store that you can, that will support digital downloads and things like that. And it just, you know, their stores look good and they seem easy to use. It just, you know, I think as so much, um, none of us can be experts in everything. And so, you know, if you're a small business and you're trying to do clever digital marketing, you need tools that are easy, and uh, so that one looks easy, and so it's kind of high on my list of, of getting something going there. Yes, no, I think it's a great way of starting an e-commerce store, Shopify. Um, Big Commerce is another one um, that's um, that, that's quite similar to that. Um, and of course, if you want to go the WordPress route, then the leader there is WooCommerce. And WooCommerce has come on quite a bit over the last year or so. So um, there are stores out there that have quite a few different SKUs that are, uh, are, are, are very happy with WooCommerce. Oh, that's interesting. I'll look into that. Um, I've also used Gumroad, which is just a simple payment tool, really. Uh, but you know, I like it because it does one thing really well. Uh, well, we, we, we've um, <laughs> between us come up with so many different recommendations here. Hopefully, I'm going to be able to list them all. But uh, maybe we should just move along to the the next section, if that's okay. Sure. So that um, is. I wish I would have. So I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? 
uh, build more content mm. when I was trying to, you know, market online. Um, I, I saw the blog, my blog as, uh, which was initially called customer crossroads as more, I saw it as kind of separate from building my personal brand in, in my main business, the, the way I make my living. And I probably shouldn't have done that, uh, because most of us need a much stronger personal brand. So you build the content for that. Um, I wish I'd started working on passive income a long time ago, mm. you know, offering training products online, something like that, because the, you know, for all people who are consulting, there are natural limits to a human being's time and energy. <laughs> mm. You, you eventually run out of time and, uh, you know, so selling other things, finding ways to monetize your intellectual capital, if you will is something that I'm, I'm doing now, but, uh, I wish I'd started that a lot earlier. That's an interesting one, actually, because there are lots of businesses out there that, um, that, that could monetize what they do online, um, more, uh, more than they are doing, or even start doing it because, um, they might have a business model that, um, uh, is a retail store, for example, but, um, there, there, there are potentially, um, other online, um, more automated revenue generating opportunities for that type of business as well. And it's just about thinking out of the box a little bit. Yes, I agree. And a lot of us need some help. You know, we need help from, uh, well, people like yourself, uh, other people who are, are specialists in, in how to do that. And it, I think it's a little overwhelming at first. It just feels like there's so much to learn and it's moving so quickly. Uh, it's hard to keep up. The this or that round. Okay, so let's move on to the quick response round. So that's 10 quick questions. So try not to think about the answer here too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction. So ready to go with this? Okay. Email or Twitter? Email. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Mm. Affiliates. Facebook or Google Plus? Google Plus. Online press releases or one-on-one relations? Mm, online press releases. Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email contact form. Website or app? Website. Social sus- subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Global marketing. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> we got there. Those are tough. Those uh, are really tough. <laughs> well, you managed to get through them all, so that's, that's impressive. Um, I was expecting for you to go for telephone number over email contact form, but you went for email contact form. Um, so you reckon it's still slightly more important um, to have that contact form and perhaps grab those contact details of that prospective customer oh, i don't know you know that's a good question really depends on the business it does I think it really depends on the business it's it's just interesting to see what your gut reaction is it, it might be slightly different if you if you answered it thinking about another business as well i mean you have to do both don't you oh you, you do ha- you, ha- you have to do both and uh i think it's more important how you respond to those things uh i get a lot of really poor sales interactions from people who want to sell me stuff and it's tiresome we should all do better (laughs) absolutely 
The $10,000 question. So if I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? I'd, uh, I think I'd hire someone as a graphic artist to reformat all this intellectual property I want to sell and get that Shopify site up by the end of the week. Just do it. Wow. Great. Okay. Um, well, um, hopefully... Measure success, sales. <laughs> that would be yeah, actual sales. Oh, 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 I, I guess I'd probably spend half the money on pay-per-click advertising of some kind just to build a, a market. Just yeah. to drive people to, to begin with and then uh, mm-hmm. get going with your content marketing after that. Mm-hmm. Great. Well, um, just leaves us with... My number one takeaway. So, Susan, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversation, but what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Well, I think as digital marketers, nobody can do everything. Uh, so you have to pick a few strategies and try to do them really well. Good brands are built by offering people things of real value. So when you're thinking about content marketing... This is not pitch heavy. This is real value marketing that that people see the content, think you're brilliant, and that's why they get in touch. The content is never a pitch. There's a lot in there to think about. I I really like that one Um, because um, internet marketing or so, as it was called perhaps 10 years ago or so, um, was perhaps just one form of marketing then. But now online marketing, digital marketing is effectively just regular marketing, but using online. And it can be so many different things. You know, as, as you say, you can't do absolutely everything. So um, do something great. Um, and then you, you, you'll you drive more passionate um, customers and potential customers to your business. Absolutely. I, I totally agree with you. Internet marketing is just, it's one regular part of marketing now. Well, wonderful. Well, that takes us to the end of our discussion. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Well, LinkedIn. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Susan Abbott on on LinkedIn or uh, abbottresearch.com is uh, my business site. Uh, The blog is uh, customercrossroads.com or theideastudio.ca. Lovely. And again, we'll link to that from the show notes. So thanks again, Susan. Thank you, David. It's been a pleasure.